It's lunchtime in Central Texas. Live at one of the year's biggest events. As you can see, the crowd is going wild. Let's see who will have their cake and eat it, too. It's time for the press box. What are we having? Uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup. Oh, apple juice. I can read. PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Here's your host, Ward White and Cameron Stewart, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas here on this wacky Wednesday. <laughs> Y'all are all wacky in here today. I was going to say, <laughs> every day's wacky in <laughs> the press box. I think there were three sets of eyeballs looking in one direction. Why are y'all looking at me? I don't know. I don't either. It's also a taco list say Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> I am not going to lie. Shots across the bow. <laughs> y'all are making me hungry. Y'all need to stop. We did just have an extensive food discussion. We, we did. did. We did. Nothing and that, There's nothing better than lunchtime to have food discussion. Oh, no. But now we got to sit here find for two hours to, without eating. Yes, we need to find a way <laughs> to find our way out to do the show on location at some places. Yeah. Where... I'm we working can, on that. We can sample everything that what's they have. What's this place in Chicago you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't <laughs> we go can there. Do it there, yeah. It was... <laughs> Let's do it. Road trip. You know, I was talking about this. I was talking about that distinct style of pizza that I like from back home. I've tried making it at home a few times. So if I can get that recipe even a little bit right, I will bring that in. Oh, that's great. I'm not saying this is what it tastes like, but for people at home, it looks like a Tostino's pizza that's been. Cooked to a very I could, crisp. I can actually believe that. Yeah. So I, without getting too far into it, it's they're all ten inch, <laughs> they're all ten inch pizzas. Okay. And this is distinct just to the South Shore of Massachusetts. Like if you go to Boston, which is 15, 20 miles from where I grew up, you can't get it. Um, so it's yeah, like all personal size ten inch pizzas. They've got a mixture of like American and cheddar cheese mm-hmm. as a as a part of the cheese, which. I usually made the, when I first heard it, I made the face that Stephanie just made, which is not a good one, uh, but it, it tastes great, and so it's pretty greasy, so if you're not into greasy pizza, it's probably not for you, but it's loaded with sauce and more of a burnt cheese on top. It doesn't have much of a crust. It, it all kind of goes into the crust, so it's crispy at the edge still, but you don't have like a an inch of crust. A lot like of you dough. Would. Right, right. Um that's already a good feature. It's fantastic. And man. that's your food talk for today, straight and, from camp. Yeah, and, it, and it's cooked real good. Like, it's it's crisp. So, you know, it's not flatbread, but it's it's cooked real good. So that when I came down here in the dregs of pizza society, I just noticed that not everything was cooked well enough. <laughs> so if I can get that right, I will try. It, it takes a while if you're just well, cooking it at home. home. It takes practice. like the whole day. Go home and practice. There you go. Mm. Anyways. That'll be the first thing I'll really know how to cook. (laughs) That's not coming out of a box. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not ramen noodles. I can cook that mac and cheese, man. Mm. That Kraft mac and cheese, I can cook (laughs) that that like nobody's business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my. Anyway. uh, Is this the best feel-good story that we have in early 2024. I haven't gotten it right yet, Ward. TCU women last night get 
four walk-ons. One that's a volleyball player that comes over and, and plays two sports, which is unheard of in D1 athletics, but she's she's going to be one of the first to be able to pull it off. There's been a couple, but not very many. And then you get three more girls who just happen to wander in the gym and say, yeah, I think I can play basketball. They fill a roster, and they go out and win last night <laughs> in their first game back after two forfeits. That's awesome. I I think That's it's awesome. a feel good story. I don't, you know, no, I don't know how far they'll go, and I don't think they'll go very far. But for them to come out against UCF and at least put it together to get a win last night, you gotta feel good for those girls. It was awesome. I didn't That's get to cool. watch much of it, even though we were talking it up yesterday because my ESPN app was glitching up. Mm. Perfect when I actually really want to watch a game. Um, but it is. It's a feel good story, and and. Like you kind of said there, I don't know that they're an NCAA tournament team, even though, I mean, they're still 10 games over 500, or, well, not that many anymore because of the forfeits, but like six or eight games over 500. So if they can if they can put some wins together here and get some of those players back, I know a couple of those are season-ending injuries, but if they could get a couple back, there's, like, women's NIT is not out of the question here. No, it's not. Which would be a fantastic story. But, I mean, they... Not only just the numbers of the people getting hurt on that team, the quality of player. It was every top player they had has gotten hurt. So did the volleyball player, had she played basketball before? She had. Yes. yes. She had. She had played basketball before, but she was on scholarship. For volleyball. Yeah, for volleyball. And at least she got into the game. Mm -hmm. I don't remember about the others, but the volleyball player did, and I think one of the others did because you got to imagine. Remember, they were down to six players. We said this yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get on the court at some point. At some point, yeah, because somebody needs like to sit down and take a breather. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's just you know I I get it. There may not be a lot of TCU women's basketball fans out there, but for them to find a way to get back on the court and have these walk-ons that they went through and were able to muster together right out of the gate against UCF and win 66 to 60. I I just I I applaud them. Awesome. I I think it's a really really cool story for them to be able to do that because there's a lot of programs out there and I don't know that there's many out there that, that could have pulled that off. I no, really I think don't. there are some that would have packed it in entirely. I do too. To be honest with you. Um and said either we're just done with the season or we're going to reassess in a month or whatever. Like, or we're just going to roll the basketball out there and see what happens and get blown off the court every night. Yeah. and, <laughs> and But they and didn't do that. To add to this crazy story, by the way, since we even left the air yesterday, there was another TCU player that announced that she's out for a couple of weeks. Not that bad, but another player out. And Mark Campbell, the head coach, says, oh, yeah, we ran an offense today that I have never run before. <laughs> we basically instilled this on Sunday. Like, he's like, my coaches and I, we've been staying up all-nighters, seeing what can work, and we got this, I think it was the five-out offense, and we're going we're gonna to roll with it. So on top of all of that, they have put out a brand-new offense, and they freaking won. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Kansas State's having a terrific year in the conference. Uh, Nikki Collin had the had the Baylor team in the top five. This guy's got to be your coach of the year. If they if can, can, if they if can, can stay pull above five hundred or something, well, that's, if he can pull off a couple more wins, yeah, that, that's just incredible. a couple more. 
That is incredible. I mean, you have to look at him and go, <laughs> wow, what did, what did you just do? I mean, that's that's an amazing job of being able to piece that thing together and hold it together. I just think it's a real feel-good story. I don't, I don't really expect them to make a run at anything. I really don't. But for, to come out at could. that first ball game, because it had been real easy for them to roll a basketball out and UCF just embarrass them. And that did not happen. And I was shocked that they were able to play as well as they did. I thought they played very, very well last night for a group that just is, well, on life support, really. Yeah. They and, really were. And to give you kind of an idea of the people trying out, they I, I'm reading the story from NBC DFW. They, uh, yes. they highlighted one of the players. Where I saw Ella it. Hamlet. That's good. Yeah. And, and she, and I wish I could watch the video because they, they actually do follow her parents, which we were uh, talking about yesterday. The parents must be excited. So this girl, freshman, Played played high school ball at Granbury, good player there, but and and this I think a case with so many high school athletes, the overwhelming majority I would say, you know she had some opportunity to play maybe junior college or D three and just we didn't really want to continue doing that. She said I I want to go to TCU. She's getting a she's a pre med student, so she's going to get a medical degree. Um and she was like, well, this is the best place for me academically. I'm okay with not playing basketball anymore. Bam, Ella. Middle of your first season, here's a chance to play basketball and get that pre-med degree from TCU. Ooh, wait. I should have gone and tried out. Yeah. Come on, I should have gone and tried out and got like another degree or yeah, something. Yeah, and roll in some grad classes. And Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll be Good doing next her. time there's open tryouts. <laughs> just go out there and say, hey. Yeah. Why not? Give me a yeah, shot. Yeah, just sign up for All an right. NBA class. Yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? What's Good it going to hurt? Titans have their new head coach as they announced that uh, they're going to go with Brian Callahan. Yay. Yeah, how it, exactly. <laughs> the crowd goes That's wild. About, yeah. how, how exciting is that? Not very. I, I, mean, I don't know. I guess, I mean, look, he's got pedigree. There's no right, doubt. Right. That's the thing. It doesn't always have to be exciting. That's not the prerequisite. But, yeah, I mean, he's... He's had a good run here. It doesn't look bad. It wasn't a name that I had heard around. Not that I followed the Titans coaching search that tightly, but it's mm-hmm. not one that I heard about. His name really never popped up for anything Titans. else, right? Yes, right. That's right. what you're trying That's to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I've, I've followed two potential coaching searches pretty closely when we thought they were going to fire Mike McCarthy in Dallas and cer- certainly with the Patriots too, and I just I didn't hear his name come up. But you look at the stops he's had and – the guys who's worked under him, uh, the players that have worked under him, and it's it's not a bad run. It's really not. And working with Joe and Burrow is not bad. No. I mean, that <laughs> that I think that helped him get this position because it's, it's probably not real hard to understand, look, he's got a good offensive mind. He had a top five quarterback that he worked with that he groomed out of college. Not around not a that, bad roster, by the way. A bad, a bad roster. When he came in. Not that league. Joe Burrow was going to be bad coming out, but he didn't have the best surrounding supporting cast. And somehow you look at what Brian Callahan was able to do with that offense. Okay, maybe he does deserve an opportunity. Sure. And why not? Why not with the Titans? There's a couple other jobs out there that are getting a little bit shaky right now. One of those in Atlanta. With the front office now and the ownership disagreeing on Bill Belichick. How in the world could you disagree exactly. on Bill Belichick? Exactly. 
That's not. That doesn't even seem smart to I don't, me. I don't get it. And and the whole Belichick saga is getting. It, it's, it's just been getting weird. Weird. And that one team, one team has talked to him, and now their second thoughts. I'm like, I, I just. Is I he done? Know. I'm still gonna say no. Okay. I'm, I'm still gonna, gonna say, say no. yes. That's fair. I mean, I I think it. I think it's at best way. right now for me. And I don't think it's right, but I think it's 50-50. Imagine if you were him. Imagine if you were him and you get one call from one team, right? As far as we know. As far as we know. Exactly. But right now. We're not sure Jerry Jones didn't pick up the phone and Bill Belichick said. (laughs) Okay, but let's just say say he did just get one call. Being at his status, I'd kind of be a little butthurt. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, forget it. Let me just resign. Let me just live my life. I don't think he does. I would but say I, this. I think it's 50-50 right now if, if he's going to get it just because of process of elimination. I would, yeah, and I would agree with the 50-50 for next year. I think he is, the way he's wired, even at his age, wouldn't stun me if he takes a year off and, and gets back at it. No, I wouldn't be surprised and I know, And I know conventional wisdom says no. You know, he's going to be 73 after that year. And Pete Carroll, if he took a year off, I don't think he'd he'd come back into any kind of coaching, or at least a head coach in the NFL. But Bill Belichick, I could I could see that, and maybe it is just the record thing. He's so close to the record, but um, I could I could see that happening. And again, the the drum I've been beating the whole time, I think there are going to be teams that are desperate enough. I do, and maybe at that point he'll be desperate enough for them. Could be. Because I, I do think he's probably gotten other calls and hung up. I, I I don't I can't imagine him not. Which it sounds like maybe he should I mean have, why would not why would not Washington call him? Right. I mean that phone Pick call tire. had to be made, right? I would think so. I would have thought even Tennessee would call. Is it the best fit? I don't know. But again, we're talking about Bill Belichick here. Mm-hmm. And they might have, you might be right. They might have called, and he just said no. And I, and and I think, just, he, and we don't he's know. Being selective. I maybe they say. looked at his record without Tom Brady. Maybe, maybe they <laughs> did, Aaron. Maybe I've been waiting. They That's did. the only thing I'm gonna say. That's all a joke. <laughs> and, and no, I mean, I actually think that it, that is a good That's point. Funny. Like it is, it is something that I think we all, specifically me, with my Patriot shaded glasses, need to remember here. Like there is a world where. The GMs and the owners have just thought, I just don't think he's got a fastball anymore. Well, I don't either. You but, know? And I get what Aaron is saying and what a lot of people are saying. He's not wrong. No, he's not. He's not no. wrong. Mm-mm. But I'll just throw this out there before we go to break and we talk a little Major League Baseball. Adrian Beltre going into the Hall of Fame. How great was that yesterday? Yes. But would Tom Brady be Tom Brady without Bill Belichick? And would be Bel- Belichick certainly would not be Belichick without Tom Brady. But I, I mean, Tom Brady was drafted where he was drafted for a reason, and something happened, something magical happened when Belichick got hold of Brady and turned him into the best quarterback that's ever played the game. Yeah. And, and, and I so, think that that goes hand in hand. Absolutely. And so to that end, that's where I say it, the Brady thing and the numbers without Brady. I don't think tarnishes. Belichick's legacy, but it might tarnish if you look at him for your head coach in 2024. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's fair. But no, you're completely right. And I've always said this. 
there is no great coach that we revere as one of these great NFL coaches who don't who doesn't have the quarterback room. Bill Walsh, Tom Landry, and yes, Don Shula, although he didn't do the Super Bowl winning with with Marino, of course. Um, but we think of those guys for the exception of maybe George Hallis to have a quarterback with them. Right. But it was Even a different Lombardi. game for George Hallis. Right. Right. He he had he had the defense and he had the running back. Yeah, and I say even Lombardi because I mean you look back at Bart Starr's numbers; he was great for his time, but it's it's nowhere near what what the standard is today, of course. But all of these great coaches have the quarterback to go with it, mm-hmm. and so yeah, to me it doesn't damage the legacy. But I could understand an owner seeing that in 2024 and being like, "Well, we need to go forward, not backward," <laughs> uh, and and thinking that way. I, it might not be 100 percent right, but I can see that. All right, Adrian Beltre. Gets the call. He's heading to Cooperstown. Yay. How great is that? Deserved. I think so. First ballot Hall of Famer, fifth Ranger to fifth true Ranger. Now there's 11 total that wore the Ranger uniform. But fifth true Ranger to go into the Hall of Fame. Third first ballot Hall of Famer to go into the Hall of Fame. Deserving? Yes, and we'll I'll actually bring this up in our in our interview next, but I'm starting to move away. I was definitely a snob of like, yeah, this guy's a Hall of Famer, but is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And I've started to move away from that a little bit. Um and by my traditional standard, would he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, but probably second or third. I mean, he does also hit the milestones, the 3000 hits. I mean, that's automatic. So, member of the 400 home run club. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's and, not not a whole lot of dudes in that. No, especially to have both. By the way, mm-hmm. there are not many in that. And what I'll talk about in there too is the resurrection of his career fascinates me. Um, he looked like a big money bust at one point in his career, and and actually worked his way out of that. So uh, obviously, great player, absolutely deserve it. Hall of Famer and first ballot. I got no qualms with that either. Adrian Beltre in 21 seasons with the Dodgers, Mariners, Red Sox, and Rangers, and I think he'll be remembered as a Ranger more than anywhere else. Ah, he fine. Went, he went. He went to Seattle, and it wasn't good. He went to the Red Sox for one year, and then he yeah. kind of resurrected his career. The Rangers went and got him, and the moniker on him after that was, "Okay, is he a one-year dude that just plays for a contract?" Yep. He changed everybody's mind when he got to Texas because eventually. After the 2011 season, and some of those guys went away, like Josh Hamilton and Michael Young, and some of the faces of the franchise started drifting away. Beltray took He's over. The guy, yeah. he took over as the voice of the locker room. Took over as the face of the franchise. Everybody wanted to go see Beltray play. Everybody and, wanted his jersey. And yep. and and he was fun to watch. He had charisma. He related to the fans in Arlington, and it just kind of was the perfect fit that he had probably been looking for in his last four stops, and he found it in Arlington. Ends up with 3,166 hits and 477 home runs. That's, that's not a, bad. That's a heck of a career right there, man. That's not bad. And and a heck of a defender, too. A couple of gold gloves, a couple of platinum gloves, which means the best defensive infielder in the league. Um, just a really good baseball player and I'll say this I wish he had won I wish, I wish he had he'd won a ring. some more you know because 
he is such a, a player. And, and I'm sure there were times at the end of his career where he could have forced out a trade and gone to a contender, but he didn't. But he didn't. Um, and absolutely deserved Hall of Famer. Heck of a career. The hmm. best visual of Adrian Beltre, and both of you got to see him play a lot. Yeah. Is it the home runs that he went down to one knee and just lifted it over the fence with? Yeah, that's what you remember. That's I personally that's pretty amazing. I always love when teammates tried to touch his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the compilations of those for me just it doesn't get old. Yeah, uh, because I understand it. There are things that people will do to me that make me want to do that. Maybe not touching my head, but talking to me, looking in my direction, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the things that I liked about him when I had seen him play. Is, you know, before the game, all the kids get there, you know, you try to get there early when they're warming up. And him and just a few others out of the whole team would take just a few minutes, go over and sign balls for these kids. And, you know, the the others on the team were doing whatever they were doing. But he always did take the time to go um, sign autographs with kids. And I like that about athletes. Well, and, and that goes back to saying that's the face of your franchise. Yep. I mean, you know, that's. That's the ownership that you take if you're going to be that guy. And you really you can't have anyone better than that, especially some of those lean years that the Rangers had. Um, it stinks that he was on a, on a team like that, but he created excitement. He brought people to ballpark. He had jersey sales. You know, there, there was still a lot to see at Rangers games, even when they were pretty bad because Beltre was there. So Is he top five third baseman? Hmm. Top ten third oh, baseman. Yes, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to look deeper into that. There are some because I think of the he ones made some the incredible plays. I know, I know, but I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, because I mean, you have two guys, the top two third basemen in my opinion ever played in the same era that you'll remember well. That are two like generational kind of guys, George Brett and Mike Schmidt. Yes. I think Mike Schmidt might be the most one of the most underrated baseball players ever. Yes. Um, so there's some good... I'd have to think about that, Ward. That's not a bad question. I'd have to think about that. I'm glad that I'm not just jumping to the conclusion like people did with Derek Jeter. That, oh, <laughs> greatest shortstop ever. My butt, man. Come on. No. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Good, good, great player. Hall great of Famer. Great player. Absolutely. Hall of Famer. No doubt. Mm. But best shortstop ever? No. 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 No, no way. All right, Adrian Beltre heading to the Hall of Fame as a Texas Ranger. Coming up next, we'll visit with Jeff Wilson from Rangers Today. Talk about that as the press box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday, live from Rudy's, with the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Join us Thursday and hear from equestrian head coach Casey Maxwell and men's basketball head coach Scott Crew. That's Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. for the Baylor Coaches Show here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Save big right now and get all 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees at 10% below MSRP or all 2023 Jeep Compass and Renegades for 10% below MSRP or 2023 Gladiator Overland with over 13,000 in savings. First responders get an extra $500 in savings only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. 
Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. How do you measure the human spirit? In pounds? In milliliters? In the distance traveled between yesterday and today? Or maybe there's no way to measure the human spirit because as you remind us every day, it simply has no limit. Learn more about how we care for your whole body, mind, and spirit at adventhealth.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. My windows, they've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Rise and dine with the Fiesta Brunch at La Fiesta every Saturday morning. Come enjoy family recipes made from scratch, like huevos rancheros, breakfast enchiladas, chicken and waffles, or on the lighter side, avocado toast. And don't forget to try their Mexican coffee, fresh squeezed orange juice, or even a peach bellini. It's a Fiesta Brunch, La Fiesta, located off Franklin Avenue in Waco. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. To me, it was kind of a rude awakening for the ponies. Paid their way to be with the big boys in a Power 5 conference. I don't think we should read too much into these bowl games, but if you're going to complain that you should be in a New Year's Six Bowl, you better go handle a 6-6 ACC team. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. home for the world champion Texas Rangers, ESPN, Central Texas. Time to talk Texas Rangers baseball with Jeff Wilson of Rangers Today on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box. And as promised, joining us now from Rangers Today, Jeff Wilson. Jeff, how are we doing today? 
We're doing good. How about you? Outstanding. And the Baseball Hall of Fame has one more Ranger in it. Fifth Ranger to go in for the uh, Texas organization. Adrian Beltre, first-round ballot. Was this a no-brainer? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's no doubt it was a no-brainer. I mean, you know, you look at the the hits. I mean, there was a time where 3,000 hits was an automatic qualifier, and it's it still should be. I mean, it it, it means longevity. It means you were pretty good. Uh, but he did, you know, so much more than that. You know, 477 homers, I think 636 doubles, uh, second most games played at third base, five gold gloves. You can go on and on and on. And um, voters voters uh, uh, agreed, or at least 95.1% of them did. And that's a pretty good number, isn't it? It is. It's probably, it's around 15th all time. It's It's tied with. I think Honus Wagner, who is a pretty darn good, <laughs> darn good player, um, it, it, it's somewhere in that realm. So yeah, ninety-five um, percent is pretty, pretty, pretty much a, a statement on how good he is. Jeff, what changed for Adrian Beltre when he got to Texas? You know, um, he he kind of addressed it yesterday in a conference call after he was uh, elected, and um, I, I think there were a couple things uh, he. You know, he had come from Boston, but but via Seattle, where it, it really didn't go well for him. Um, you know, he'd had the big year in 2004 uh, to to get him the big contract with Seattle, and then kind of fizzled there. Had a really good year with Boston, which got him a big contract with the Rangers. And he said, you know, that that the perception of him at that time was he was a, a contract year guy who performed really well right before free agency, and I think that motivated him. I also think he joined a team that had just been to the World Series, had a lot of really, really good players, including the you know the reigning MVP at the time, Josh Hamilton, Michael Young, who's a great player, uh, just a, a good team, and he felt at ease. He didn't feel the pressure to be the guy like he might have felt in Seattle. So it was a it was just a good combination for him to get off to a good start to his Rangers career, and then uh, once he was comfortable, once he had. The fan base had had uh, accepted him and fallen in love with him. He just he just stayed the same guy. You know, you talk about being able to come in with with the roster that he came in with, but as time went on, he kind of became the face of that franchise, and also he he was the guy to go to in the clubhouse too, wasn't he? Sure. Uh, you know, once so 2011, I, everybody knows what happened there. 2012. Everybody knows what happened there. <laughs> uh, then, then, then uh, you know, Michael Young and Ian Kinsler were gone uh, after third. After well, Michael Young after twelve, Ian Kinsler and Nelson Cruz after thirteen, and the, that championship team just kind of started to fade away. And Michael Young was no doubt the face of the franchise, knew what to say. Everybody went to him, uh, and so the, <laughs> the 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 guys who became that were were David Murphy. Elvis Andrus and Adrian Beltre. Beltre, begrudgingly so, he doesn't enjoy talking on the media, but when he did, he always had insightful things to say, you know, a veteran presence. And, you know, there are just times when you need a veteran. You know, and if you have a choice between a rookie and a veteran, every time you're, you're going to go with a veteran for, the, for the, the, the quote that ties everything together, the guy who's been there and done that. And uh, I remember in 2014 at the All-Star Game, the Rangers were in the midst of just that terrible season with injuries and everything. And, you know, I had to talk about it, about, you know, you know, you know that you're, you're the guy we're all going to come to. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. 
and he didn't, you know, he doesn't want to do it, but he did it. He, he understood it. It's the responsibility of your teammates too. And, and, and uh, above all else, Adrian Belcher was a great teammate. Jeff Wilson, Rangers today with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And, and Jeff, you, you've seen him play a lot of games as I have there in Arlington. Biggest moment you think that you remember from Adrian Beltre in a Ranger uniform? Well, you know, a, a lot of people point to the goofy ones, like him moving the batting circle, <laughs> the circle rather, and and um, that that one comes to mind. But you know, the the best the best play I ever saw Adrian Beltre make uh, was his first year. Uh, the Rangers were at Atlanta. Uh, June, I don't know, 16th or 17th, something like that. And uh, Eric Hinsky, uh, pinch hitter extraordinaire, hit a hit a. It wasn't a it wasn't a pop fly, but it wasn't like a line drive. It, it was kind of in between, and it was down the left field line. And I'm telling you, nobody nobody thought that anybody was going to catch it. And here comes Adrian Beltre sprinting down the left field line, pro- probably halfway down the line, he makes this catch. It was, it's, it's the most amazing play I've ever seen it, it, by him. It was, it was, you know, and you talk about all the times he charged the balls and dove for balls. That play just blew me away. He had me, he had me sold right then and there. Uh, but, and then he also had the, that year, the three home run game in the postseason against Tampa Bay. So those are probably the two, the, the non shenanigan moments that stick out. I remember one that didn't really have a lot to do with baseball, but I was sitting up in the box and a, a thunderstorm blew in, and it sounded like lightning hit the stadium. And Adrian ba- Adrian Beltre was on third base, and he was still the first one in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that day. That was against the Twins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it was phantom. Just yeah, I remember it very well. Oh, it was crazy. But he he was the first one in the dugout from third base, <laughs> and had his glove on his top of his head. It was just I'll never forget that. And I, yeah. As scared as I was sitting there, I was giggling because Adrian on that deal. He, he's such a sure. good teammate, too. And I, and I know that you've heard a lot of things from other players over the last couple of days about what a great teammate he was and what a great leader he became there in Texas as well. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think, the, you know, like anybody in their first year, uh, he kind of um, got out of the way and let Michael Young do his thing, maybe the first couple of years, but as he got more comfortable and it was clear that he was the, the guy on the team. Um, you know, he, he didn't speak up much, uh, but when he did, you know, everybody stopped and everybody listened. He held teammates accountable. He wanted them to play the right way. You know, you, you guys probably remember the time that Elvis Andrews thought he'd hit a home run and was dogging it out of the box and it ended up not going out. And Elvis I don't remember if he barely made it to second or had to stop for a single. And when Elvis scored and came in the dugout, Adrian was legit pissed at him. You know, everybody's laughing at it, but he was mad because, because Elvis hadn't played the game the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to, you know, that was one thing that he expected. He wanted, he wanted the players to be ready to play and then to play hard, respect the game, do what the game asked. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who, who played in 2015 with, basically nine fingers, you know, without a left yeah. thumb and, and managed to be one of the best players in the majors in September when the Rangers rallied to the, the division title. You know, there's a guy who would do anything to get on the field and he, he kind of held uh, his teammates to that standard. Jeff Wilson, Rangers today with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. He joins Nolan Ryan and, and Pudge Rodriguez as first balloters for the Rangers. 
if you look at the Rangers that are in the Hall of Fame, can you rank them? I mean, where does Adrian fall on this list? Yeah, you know, I, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to say. You know, T.R. Sullivan did something for Rangers today about 10 days ago. It was the now 11, 11 guys who've worn a Rangers uniform, including managers. Um, he didn't include Ted Williams, who was the manager for you know the, the first uh, uh, the first year because Ted had been inducted before uh, the Rangers ever moved to Arlington. But if you include Ted Williams, all right, Ted Williams is clearly number one. Uh, but then then you know Nolan Ryan, who who like Adrian had a lot of longevity, uh, his fastball, his seven no hitters, all the strikeouts. Uh, you you might put him ahead of of Adrian. Uh, Pudge was so good defensively. Uh, I know some people question whether he did the the performance in handing drugs or not. I think that's why he barely got in on his first time on the ballot. Um, boy, you know, a 13-time Gold Glove winning catcher, one of the best catchers ever, <laughs> one of the most demanding positions. I might put, you know, I might put Adrian third or fourth. Okay. Um, you know, probably behind Ted Williams and Nolan Ryan, and 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 right there with Pudge. You know, the Rangers had a, a whole lot of plan for promotional days coming up uh, this season at, at the uh, at the ballpark, it, and it, I think it just turned on a dime a little bit. They're going to have to add one more, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure at some point they'll they'll recognize him for uh, what, what he did. They did it for Vlad Guerrero, and Vlad Guerrero was only there for a season. So I'm, I'm sure that Adrian's going to get a lot more than that. But, um, yeah, I, I'd imagine sometime after the, the induction ceremony, which is July 21st, uh, after things calm down a little bit for Adrian, he's going he's gonna to be busy here the next – I mean, he's, he's coming to Arlington uh, today. Uh, he's going to be in Cooperstown tomorrow. So he's gonna uh, he's gonna get it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy time for him, and he's gonna come up with a speech, which he doesn't he's, want to he do. doesn't like that as much, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Jeff, when you uh, have the opportunity, are you gonna make your way up to Cooperstown to watch Adrian? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I plan on being there. I mean, that's gonna be a heck of a week because the All Star yeah. game is on Tuesday, and uh, of that week. Um, the home run derby will be on Monday, so that's going to be uh, quite a week for the Rangers. They'll open at home, I believe, because they're finishing up on the road while the the ballpark is in use for the the you know the All Star weekend and all that stuff. But um, that's quite a that's going to be quite a week for the, in, in Rangers history. How about a 365 day look at the Texas Rangers going into last season? And eh, we thought we think they might be pretty good. They may. You know, they may have a, a few wins. They may approach yeah. 90. Well, they go out and win the World Series. And, oh, by the way, they get the All-Star game. And, oh, by the way, Adrian Belter, Beltre is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd say the last 365 days for the Rangers look pretty good. Yeah, it's. It, I don't I don't know that they're going to beat it. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I really don't. You know, it's uh, um, just a great year. Uh, you know, a year ago this time, we thought they'd be better. We were worried about the pitching mm-hmm. holding up with all the guys that they'd gotten. Um, and, uh, it, you know, and honestly, it, it didn't really hold up all that, all that well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it was good at the that when they needed it to be. And, um, the offense was everything we thought it would be, maybe even better. So, um, yeah. And then, and then to, to win the World Series, to have, you know, Bruce Bochy be – uh, exactly what he was, and then this Adrian Beltre stuff. Pretty good. 
Jeff Wilson, Rangers today with us here in the press box. All right, let's turn the page a little bit, Jeff, if you have a little bit of time. And we're just a few days away from pitchers and catchers. How is the excitement heading into Arizona for the world champion Texas Rangers? Yeah, you know, they've uh, the, the Rangers have their winter caravan uh, every year. It was in Waco uh, last week. Cody Bradford was there, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, it's um, – it's building, you know, you can sense the, the, the fan base is, is excited. Uh, fan fest is this weekend at the, at the ballpark on Saturday. So uh, that's going to be, I would imagine jam packed uh, people excited to see their favorite players. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, every, everywhere I go, whether it's through the grocery store or, or whatever, somebody's somebody has on a Rangers world champions t-shirt or hat or something. So uh, it's it's uh, unprecedented level here, and um, yeah, you, you you think that uh, they're they're very excited, hopeful that that the Rangers can re-sign Jordan Montgomery, uh, which I still think is a possibility. But it's uh, even even if they don't, they're a good team, you know, a, a, re- a really good team. What do you think the excitement level in the crowds are going to be like at Arizona? I know that they they're always pretty decent, but coming in as a world champion for the first time in franchise history. I, it it could be it could be bonkers in Arizona, couldn't it? Yeah, that uh, that spring break week is going to be pretty crazy. You know, it, it's uh, I remember in in eleven and twelve coming off the World Series years, there were fans everywhere. Games were sold out. You know, d- depending on on which districts have spring break win, but it's usually right smack dab in the middle of March, and it's it's a busy time. It'll build a little bit before then, and then. You know, it'll dwindle a little bit after that, but this year there's going to be a boost. And I'm sure that even, you know, the old retirees and surprise are going to want to come out and see the world champs. Jeff, is that a distraction in spring training or is that a boost in spring training? Uh, you know, I, that's, that's a good question. You know, the, the, the Rangers do a pretty good job uh, with crowd control on the backfields where you can get pretty up close to, to players and closer than you're going to get during a regular season. Um, once the games start, you know, the games are the games and, and uh, all that, but you know, sometimes it gets a little, a little tougher to, to go from field to field uh, when they're working out in the mornings, um, you know, more, more requests, more autograph requests. So maybe they don't feel great, not signing every autograph. Right. But I think these guys go out and go out and get their work done and, and can, can put all that stuff aside. Jeff Wilson, Rangers today with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And Jeff, you mentioned Montgomery a few minutes ago. Is there one more move or a couple more moves that you want to see from the Rangers before we do get too surprised? Yeah, I I, I really, they need to sign a starting pitcher. I I just really believe that um, somebody who early on can, can chew up some innings, uh, who, who can be, um, reliable dependable uh when when you know they probably aren't going to be trying to push guys to you know seven innings considering they they pitched as recently as as, you know late october and november 1st so you know they want to give these guys time to rest so that they have some some bullets late in the season i think that the best way to do that is to, to sign another starter if it's montgomery great um, you know, that would, that would probably bump a Dane Dunning or a Cody Bradford to the bullpen, which would be fine. You know, those, let those guys eat up some innings as, as swingmen, 
give them an occasional spot start when guys need a blow. Um, just more depth, you know. And, and uh, you saw last last season, uh, late in the year, that you know they didn't have a lot of rotation depth when they needed it. When Evaldi was out, when Scherzer was out, um, they they really kind of hung on there, <laughs> to be honest. And um, I, I think that 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 would help be helpful. And then, you know, another relief arm certainly wouldn't help. I know that everybody wanted them to sign Josh Hader, but that's just not what the Rangers do. They don't they don't spend that kind of money on relievers. I think that. Uh, a guy like uh, David Robertson, a veteran presence who saved games as recently as last year and did pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still out there. I think he he was he signed on a one-year deal last year. I think that's a, a, a possibility. Everybody likes the one-year contract if you're a front office guy. So I'd, I'd like to see that happen. It may it may be a trade though. You know there there are some starting pitchers out there, even a reliever who could could be fetched in a trade. And the Rangers do have a deep enough farm system to get anybody they want. Anybody they want. So uh, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. But I think there's still a couple shoes to drop. Jeff, when you look at this lineup as well, as good as it was down the stretch, how good do you feel about it coming out? I mean, I, I think Ranger fans need to be excited because it, it's just there's no holes in this lineup right now. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody who, with the exception of Mitch Garver, everybody who – was a, a primary guy in the postseason's back, and and Mitch Garver was really good. You know, you can you know he had a, a really good um, second half for the Rangers. Uh, you know, from July first on, he was great, and he was he had some clutch hits in the in the World Series, including in Game Five to to break the, the scoreless tie there in the seventh. Um, but the Rangers have. A lot of options. You know, this this is this is this is when a, a minor leaguer needs to come through, uh, like a Justin Foscue, <laughs> Blaine Krim, mm-hmm. Sam Huff. I know everybody's excited about Wyatt Langford. He's definitely a possibility. Right. Uh, I don't I don't think he would DH, but you know they could they could figure out a way to get him enough at bats and enough time in, in left field to keep everybody happy. Um, you know, it, it's it's. It's a lineup that's going to have Evan Carter for a full year too, and, and Carter's going to have moments where he's not great. You know, you look at what happened last year; he was fantastic in April at Double A, got hit by a pitch on a wrist, and got hit in the same spot on a pickoff throw, and he had he didn't have a great May. You know, those are things that are going to happen, um, but he's he's got a chance. You know, put put him wherever. I mean, shoot, he batted ninth, he batted third, he batted fifth in the postseason. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they where they do end up putting him. But um, man, this lineup has a lot of a lot of potential, even with uh, Garver now in Seattle. You mentioned players moving around and being that flexible. How Im- impressive is that? The way that they can do that. It doesn't matter what hole you put them in; they're productive in those places. And also, what does that say about Bruce Bochy and, and the way he can manipulate that lineup? Yeah, I mean, if, if, he's been around baseball a long time. He's seen a lot of great hitters. I mean, he managed Tony Gwynn. All right, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> he, he was okay. And, and, yeah, and and you know, these, these guys, he sees guys who have good foundations. Evan Carter has a great foundation. He understands the strike zone, doesn't chase. Uh, that's going to lead to a lot of success. He's fast. He can, he can. You know, he's not going to be in a slump very long. He may get an infield hit that gets him started. But um, you know, these guys mostly. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's weird because a lot of these guys show up and they know exactly where they're going to hit every day in the lineup. You know, Corey Seager is going to bat second. Marcus Seaman is going to bat first. Adolis Garcia is going to bat fourth. 
they know that, and that there's peace of mind that comes with that. And then there's other guys who just want to be in the lineup, period, and, and will bat anywhere and are happy to do that. So uh, they believe in the manager. That's the that's the biggest thing. If if he thinks if this guy who's now won four World Series, <laughs> if we had only three, if they believe them, well, of course, now that they've seen him do it again, you know, or part of it, they're really going to buy into what he has to say. So um, there, there's just a lot that goes into it, and some of it's matchup base and all of that, but. Um, yeah, you know, you, you want a, a, a versatile lineup, a team that can handle uh, change. And, and, you know, these Rangers, they, they showed in October that they can do that. And it's what it takes to win sometimes, and, and they're, they're all on board. They've seen the results. Jeff Wilson with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Jeff, tell them how they can find Rangers today, please. Sure, rangerstoday.com. Um, complete coverage of the Rangers, major leagues and minor leagues. Um, Hall of Fame, yeah, we will we'll be there for that too. Um, RangersDay.com, it's five ninety nine a month or sixty dollars for a year. Uh, you know, it, it's as cheap as as you're going to find it. And then if you look what's happening in the newspapers here lately, uh, especially with what happened in Los Angeles yesterday, when the LA Times laid off their Angels and Dodgers beat writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, wow. You know, we're you know, you know, it, it's a it, it's a scary time. But uh, the Rangers today is going to be there. You know, the Star Telegram. Once they got, once we parted ways, they haven't replaced. They haven't replaced me as a Rangers writer. So if you're looking for Rangers coverage from the Star Telegram, slide back over to your boy Jeff here, and then <laughs> Rangers today, and then uh, it's, it's it's me, and it's the morning news, and it's MLB.com. That's that's all you got. And uh, we we do a great job, and um, would would love to have you on board. It is outstanding work uh, from Jeff Wilson, and I promise you, once you get on board, you will love it. You get an email into your into your mailbox, and you can go get the daily newsletter. It's it's awesome coverage. Nobody does it better than Jeff Wilson. Jeff, I know you got a super busy day today. Certainly do appreciate you stopping down with us for just a little bit to hang out here in the press box. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll catch up with you soon, man. All right. Sounds good, board. Thanks, man. There he goes, Jeff Wilson with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. Stay right there. More baseball coming your way right here. I'm ESPN. This is ESPN Central Texas. Hey, folks, Gary Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Traverses, $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, $3,000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerchevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375.
First Central Credit Union, free reward checking earns 5% APY, refunds all your ATM fees, and has a savings account combo that earns you money too. Ask for Casasa Checking. It's our superpower, and it's easy to apply online at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. APY is annual percentage yield. Eligibility and qualifications apply. Member NCUA. Everything we do, we do for you. CTWP, your local copier company, has been in business since 1979. Copiers, wide form, format machines, shredders, and mailing machines are also available. CTWP is an authorized dealer for Xerox, Konica, Minolta, Canon, Lexmark, Brother, and more. They offer short and long-term leases, rentals, and direct purchases. Optional maintenance plans are available and include parts, labor, and supplies. If you need to copy it, scan it, print it, build it, fold it, or upload it to the cloud, CTWP can make it happen for you. Name the 2023 Elite Copier Dealer for Outstanding Customer Service and Community Involvement by ENX Magazine. Give them a call today, 254-752-0376, or stop by and see them at 3730 Franklin Avenue in Waco. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Central Texas, it's time to support our youth. You're invited to attend the 2024 McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair February 5th through the 9th at Extraco Event Center in Waco. More than 500 McLennan County 4-H and FFA students will be exhibiting livestock for an opportunity to sell at the annual Sale of Champions Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. For more information, call 254-722-2597 and like the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show on Facebook. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe have helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel and Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can help you find metal building contractors for your project. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Time now for Stephanie Sports Talk, a look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie, as only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. I'm back. <laughs> wow. I'm back. Or in other words, I'm here. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, oh, 
Damn. Trying mm -hmm. to bring some pizzazz to it. I got pizzazz. I know. I got, oh, I got pizzazz. I'm just warming you up, Steph. That's <laughs> all. He's, he's warming me up. He He's trying to... Uh, Get me going is what you're trying yeah, to Yeah, of trying course. Trying to get you to get us Somebody some food. sports talk. Oh, I said I would. <laughs> 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 okay, get this, y'all. This has nothing to do with football or baseball. Bang. But there's this horse track, racetrack, horse track, you know. Either around one. The horse yeah. racing track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I knew that you were get we there. Uh, what did Aaron put in these monsters? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either. Okay, so this horse track in Washington, Emerald Downs, um, recently, and I read this on the Google, so we missed. Shocking. I know. We missed our window of opportunity <laughs> to go, but uh, they will be doing it again this June, but they had their first ever grandparents race. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Grandparents. Humans? Humans. Okay. Humans. Okay. They had over 20 <laughs> participants. Sign up, and they ran a 40-yard dash, okay? So the age limit, I think, was like limit. 60 and above. Oh, okay. 65 yeah. and above. Okay. okay. Right? AARP members only. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, Easy. so, uh, yeah, be careful over there, young one. <laughs> so what they did is all these elderly people uh, actually got in the gate thing, the stalls, what do you call them? That would be the starting gate. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. Like where the horses go? Well, that's the starting gate. Okay, but it's funny because if you watch the video, and you can see this on YouTube, people, just look it up. The doors are closed, and then when the gun, gun goes, goes off, off yep. uh, open, and you see all these elderly people running. Well, there's a couple of guys in there that, man, they were going to win, right? Yeah, well, until two, they fell. Until they fell and face-planted into the dirt. <laughs> But um, one guy won. His name was Steve Butler. He was from Everett, Washington. And when they interviewed him later, it was like, oh, you know, it's the best day of his life. He finally won something. And he said, you know, I, I haven't ran like that since 1973 when I was in high school. <laughs> I was like, wait, 1973. How old does that make him? Old. So, yes. um, Stop it. <laughs> well, older than me. Okay. Older than me. Okay. He said that when he ran in high school, it was against um, a lineman in football practice. Um, but he was just so happy and thrilled that he won. And the people who came in last was an elderly couple. They decided just to walk the 40-yard dash. Boo. And they crossed. No, wait. This is romantic. No. This is so romantic. No. They did it holding hands all the way down, and they crossed the finish line holding hands. Now, what makes it even funnier is that all the other races, they were already going back to the stands and and here it comes this couple across the finish line why are you rolling your eyes cam because it's, it's so a race come on just do a walk together in the neighborhood no this is for people who want to race that is the way they could race they couldn't run they're old then don't do it no, the rest of these people are old <laughs> you know what when you get old I'm not going to sign up for a race. Are you and Scott going to hold hands across the finish line? Is that what you're telling Scott us? Scott and I are going to be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. There's but, plenty of road races that a lot of people want. But here's the thing, though. It's funny, though. It's sweet. They finally get across the finish line, and the crowd goes crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, cheering for them, right? Right. They got more cheers than the guy that, that won. You know what the real problem here is? That I'm a romantic. I have been, I ran track a little bit in high school, okay? 
So did I. And I finished last all the time. So did I. Nobody <laughs> cheered that loud for me. My family Nobody would talk it on the radio about me. My family did. My all freshman year. I was I was a sprinter, right? Same. And well, the gun goes off. Everyone goes ahead of me. <laughs> and I'm still trying to finish. But my family was there cheering me on. And, I mean, the team was getting on the bus and oh, I was still bus, trying to yeah. finish. <laughs> No, you know what the worst was? So I was I was always last. Sprinter in name only, not in performance. I just wanted the letter and jackets. They would have Steph, they'd have these like freshman sophomore meets of like all the schools in the oh, area. Yes. But just freshmen or sophomores. So you didn't have to qualify for it. Right. In other words, I had to go to it. And so they would have so many heats, so many races, that they would have to mix in the good runners with the bad ones. So in this one, there's all these schools there. So there's hundreds of people there, whether they're paying attention or not. And instead of just the, the last place freshman for all teams, I'm in lane seven and then lanes one, two, and three are like state champion sprinters. <laughs> I know, right? They're finishing the hundred yards and I feel your 10, pain. Eight, and I'm finishing it in 15 I know, seconds. I, I feel your pain. I feel it. It was awful. I, I might as well have been walking with a girl across the finish you line with have. holding hands. You should have. But I Look, understand. you should have saw me when I was 14. There was no girl that was walking across the finish line with me. I'll tell you that much. Wow. Okay. Races mainly. But anyways, I had they finally moved me to cross country. I was really good at that. And then I was like, man, I'm sweating too much. I'm going to go be a cheerleader. Oh, my. <laughs> But even that was hard because you had to have tumbling and you had to flip. And I mean, we had to actually weigh in. Like, oh. Really? Oh, yeah. Like like it's wrestling. Yeah, we went to state and everything. Yeah, we were oh. good. But anyways, I thought it was a cute story. Uh, they're going to do it every year. It's the, for the, the grandparents. The best part of it what? is the two dudes that jump out in front. And they fall. <laughs> and they face plant. Face plant. Like they're going to knock everybody over. Look it up, people. It is funny and cute. But yeah, they just boom, like it, they fall on their face and they like tumble. Um, and so then great. it is great. And then Steve, who won, if they didn't, I couldn't find the lady's name, but a lady actually was right behind him who came in second. So um, what is the point of the story? Not You're never <laughs> too old. You're never too old to run or walk or stroll. But if you're signing up for a race, you should run. Damn. It's just my two cents. This That's my for, 50 this cents. This is for grandparents, old people. They also, on that day, have the grandparents bring their grandchildren and have baby races crawling. Love it. Okay. And Love they it. also have, at grandparents' race day at the Emerald Downs, corgi racing on the same day. See? And then it's they, a whole and then weekend of fun. they all sit in the stands and they put Steve Prefontaine races on the big screen. And then, in uh, well, the 36 Olympics. And Jesse then the grandparents Owens. go home. And I'm just wondering. What? Here's my question. <laughs> I mean, this is at, serious. They also have Tyrannosaurus Rex racing. I just see this as well. Very cool. What is that? Well, when it's about 100 people dressed in those Tyrannosaurus Rex costumes that you see at Halloween. Yeah. Have you seen and those they're racing. Oh, they're racing. Real okay, puffy, I've seen the real puffy ones that is yeah. a whole body costume, but you yeah, can I've see seen them. Those. I've seen yeah, those. and it it's it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> you talk about it's a couple a funny of wrecks. optic, man. Um it's a Okay, weekend. here's my question. This is at Emerald Downs, right? Correct. Okay. So it's obviously set up for 
normal horse betting racing. on the horses. You should it bet on be, your grandparents. It would be even better if you could bet on the grandparents, the baby, the corgis, the Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> they probably How much fun that. would that, would that be, be? much better. How much fun would that be? Oh, could you imagine the people betting on that couple? <laughs> yeah, come on! God, it's a race! <laughs> Just losing it. How great oh, would that be? Hilarious. What a fun day at the track. I know. It's in Washington. It's in June, so we could all go. I have never been to the state of Washington. Uh, it's beautiful, but ugh. I weather. feel called to the Pacific Northwest. Well, I think I would he feels thrive there. Mm-hmm. Well, get up and go then. I know. I want to so bad. I've never even <laughs> been to the Pacific Northwest. Is the Holy Spirit calling you? <laughs> I don't know. It's something like it, Steph. I, I see it and on TV and in movies and... Like, I'm like, this is where I should be living. Go. Well, you're and from yet Massachusetts. And I've never even been. We need to find out if you can bet on them. Okay, I'll find out. You're from Massachusetts. I'll just call the track and find out. So you probably would like it over there because it's It's like not as gloomy. cold, but it is gloomy, which I like. Oh, God. I like wearing my yellow bean boots it's, out. You don't really have a, gloom, you don't have a gloomy personality. So how do you like this gloomy stuff? Says who? Okay, well, you're good on the air. With- <laughs> All right. When the thanks, microphone's Steph. on, the gloom is gone. <laughs> there you go. Let's see if you can find some grandparents to race today. Okay. All right. I'll have a sign-up sign sheet at the front door. <laughs> at the front door. Come sign up. Go to the Baylor we women's basketball them. games. Okay, that'll work. All right. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into the NFL. That's next here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor, Big 12 Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Basketball welcomes TCU into Foster Pavilion this Saturday. 2.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 3 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Basketball, ESPN Central Texas. It's tax season once again. Stressful, right? Doesn't have to be. Maggard Bookkeeping has been helping Central Texans through the complex tax code for more than 25 years. Go to maggardbookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. Did you know, now's a great time to let Jeff on our Toyota put you in a new or used vehicle. I'm Kyle Tomlinson, General Manager of Jeff on our Toyota, and you can choose from many makes and models, all priced to fit any budget. We also have a state-of-the-art service and body shop and a full-line parts department with factory-trained Toyota specialists. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. 
Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their Town West or Downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. The source for Baylor athletic news and information, ESPN Central Texas. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations. Same great quality, same great prices, two great locations. Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection of metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. My windows, they've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Oh boy, more IRS changes this year. Frustrating, isn't it? Maggard Bookkeeping can help. With more than 25 years preparing Central Texans tax returns. Go to MaggardBookkeeping.com and bypass the stress. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas here on this Wednesday afternoon. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys joining us here in just a few minutes. We want to talk a little bit of NFL as we come out of Stephanie Sports Talk and her grandparents' racing day. <laughs> as there's been a couple of head coaching slots filled with still some surprising openings out there. Cam, we don't have a Chargers head coach. No. Seems really weird to me. I thought that they had that name circled as soon as they made the move. But Harbaugh's been there twice and leaves without a contract. Surprising? Yeah. To the point where I'm thinking, is the whole process changing and we just don't know it? Yeah. You know, I, I know it's not apples to apples, but we've seen MLB free agency the last few years just keep, like, getting pushed back. These guys all used to be signed before Christmas in the MLB, and now they're getting signed right before spring training. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is this what's happening with NFL head coaches? I mean, we're weeks later on this thing. Harbaugh's had two interviews. Belichick's had two interviews. Nothing. We've, we've got nothing. and. We don't know if they're even interviewing other places. So, yeah, it is bizarre. And for both of those guys, 
what more do you need to discuss? I mean, it's clearly just numbers. It has to be, or else you'd made a decision by now. Or you would have leaked it to the press if you're not going with somebody. I don't well, know. You're right. I mean, Brian Callahan gets the Tennessee Titans job. Jared Mayo was the coach in waiting. So he that gets hired right the day away. after. Yeah. And Antonio Pierce, there was no doubt that he was going to get the Raiders job. There was just so much blowback from everybody that, okay, this is the direction they're going to go. Carolina's sitting there without anything. Washington's sitting there without anything. Chargers and the Falcons. And the two most bizarre, look, I guess they're all bizarre. Yeah. But the Chargers and Falcons have had a couple interviews and, and not got off dead center. That's really strange to me that you can't make up your mind after you kind of had your guy pegged. The other ones with Carolina and Washington, what have we heard from those two franchises on who they're even dipping into saying, yeah, this is our guy? Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. And I'll even add to that list. Seattle still doesn't have somebody. That's right. I forgot about that. We, of course, we all have kind of come to a conclusion with it, but we don't even know if he's interviewed there yet, Dan Quinn. No idea. And so it, it is bizarre. And, and and I'm starting to wonder what the strategy is. I mean, we talk about uh, San Diego, the Chargers, uh, and Atlanta have had the two interviews that we know with what you would think would be their top candidates. And we know that because they themselves have announced it. Mm-hmm. So what could be going like, would this be a PR disaster if they announce both interviews and then don't hire these guys? Or is it supposed to be a saving face kind of thing? Oh, you know, we ended up with Brian Johnson from the lions, but look, we, we, hire, we, we talked to Harbaugh. We talked to Belichick. Is that what this is? Like, that's what I'm not really understanding either. And yeah, no, no leads on these guys for Washington who should have been looking for a coach a month ago. They haven't played in three weeks, two and a half weeks, three weeks here. Like, what are we doing? Well, I don't understand. And for the last four weeks of the season, they knew what direction they were going. You'd think. You knew there they were was moving no away way he was going to survive, yeah, right? Yeah, you knew they were moving away from that coach, but especially when you're out of it that early, not to say you should have a coach in waiting like the Patriots did, but you've got to have an idea of where you're looking, right? You would we think even most GMs there. have a short list in their back pocket yes. at all times. At all Dude. times. It's it's bizarre where we're at right now. And, uh, yeah, we don't even know who's interviewed there. We know Dan Quinn has an interview. We don't even know he's had it yet. Right. So uh, it's bizarre. It, it's as bizarre a coaching cycle that I can remember when you consider the names that are out there and the information or lack thereof or the information we are getting versus the information we're not getting is, is just really weird. And I, I don't know why... I don't know I don't know that there's a benefit for teams being really tight lipped about it, so I don't know. I mean, are we waiting for after the Super Bowl and let all the dust settle before you make those moves? I don't either. But once the Super Bowl's over, guess what? You only got a number of days before we're sitting there for the NFL draft. Right. You would think you'd want your staff together before then where you could go, Okay, what's our board look like? That, and that's three where weeks do we have free to go? There's starts. a reason why yeah. we didn't have a head coach. Where do we have to go free agency-wise and draft board-wise? You're a couple weeks from the combine. Yes. You're 
past the senior bowl or right there with the senior bowl? I think you're like, past it. You're this is prime scouting time. You know, the Super Bowl coaches, when you have them on the podium the next day, they're always saying, well, it's time to get ready for next year. You know, it, it starts now. And so, yeah, it is bizarre. And there are also teams out there that don't have general managers as you start this process. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, it's just weirdly backed up. And I, I don't really understand the reason why. Very, uh, very strange. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys. He'll join us next. We'll get his opinion. That's next in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Patola, our guest, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. And it'll be interesting also, John, one last thought here. All of these teams are playing in Foster Pavilion for the first time. What is the impact that has? I'll be curious to see what Baylor's record at home is by the end of the season. The John Moore Show, 2 to 3 p.m. Weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Kish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas. From our family to yours, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina wants to thank Central Texas for voting them as the best of Tex-Mex restaurant for 2023. And thank you for the votes for the best of chips and hot sauce, best margaritas, best enchiladas, best queso, and the best tortillas. Making you hungry? Then stop on at La Fiesta Restaurant off Franklin Avenue in Waco. Check them out online at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Jeff Hunter Toyota has been part of the Waco community for over 30 years. I'm Amy Hunter, and we believe in its people, and we honor its history. We're proud to call Waco home. That's why we support the Baylor Bears, lend a hand to Fuzzy Friends Rescue, and aid the Waco Goodfellas. 
We also believe in hard work, the value of a dollar, and providing a quality product. That's what you'll find every day when you shop at Jeff Hunter Toyota. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Warren White's Cameron Stewart along with you as joining us now, as promised, R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. And R.J., how are we doing on this Wednesday? Doing well, Ward. Uh, looking forward to some pulled pork in my life later today. Oh, look at Ooh. you. Yeah, no, um, no Cowboys football on the docket, though, so this is really all I have. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that's a bad choice either. If you don't have Cowboys football and you got some of the uh, R.J. Ochoa pulled pork, I think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> R.J., Mike McCarthy, they run it back with Mike McCarthy. Is this just a fact for Jerry Jones now that we've had time to kind of chew on this for a little while? Is this a fact of Jerry Jones is saying, okay, it's time to put up or shut up, or is it a case of, yeah, I really don't want to deal with this. Let's just run him back and see what we got. I think it's an amalgamation of a lot of things. Um, you know, I guess if you went from most positive to most negative, um, I think it's, you know, there's reason to believe, right? I mean, he got the best football that we've ever seen out of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. Um, so you, you seemingly want more of that. Um I do think that it's kind of put up or shut up time for the franchise as a whole. Um, and so having him go at this in a contract year is, is, you know, interesting at least in that respect. And I also think, you know, look, I wrote an article about this last week. Jerry hasn't fired a head coach at the end of a season in over 20 years. It was Dave Campbell. That was the last time he fired a head coach at the end of a season. He did fire Wade Phillips, obviously in the middle of one, um, but, you know, in, in terms of, you know, taking a look and assessing how a season went and saying, you know what, that wasn't good enough, I'm going to move on. I mean, this is now three straight times he's had his head coach go into a contract. So this is kind of par for the course for Jerry at this point in time. So um, it's it's unfortunate to say that it was really predictable, and here we are. And and with that, you know, you talk about the, the last couple of coaches who have just let, they let the contract expire and – you know, for obviously Jerry's reputation early on was being this reactive kind of guy, almost a George Steinbrenner type in the NFL. Would that be better or worse for the Cowboys if, if he was reactive when it comes to these coaches? I think that's what makes this so interesting and at the same time so maddening and frustrating because, like I said, you can talk yourself into, you know, reason to keeping Mike McCarthy around, particularly because you're tied to Dak Prescott at the very least through 2024. I mean, the the playoff loss and the end of the season was just so disappointing. I mean, so to to not do anything seems really passive. And you know, we're in a in a microwave society, right, where nobody likes to wait for anything, and it does seem pretty lame duck. I mean, you know, obviously that's how people are referring to Mike McCarthy, but 
it seems like you're just content. I mean, you're just content being in the mix. I mean, it seeds all of the tropes and the things that people say about the Cowboys, about how they're not focused on winning. They just want to sell tickets. They just want to be on TV all the time. And, and they check all those boxes. And, you know, we're whatever, three months away from Forbes putting out their annual ranking of most valuable franchises in the world. They'll be number one in that. And, you know, time will keep on turning. RJ, when you talk about Dak Prescott and the possibility of extending his contract and getting him a lot more money than anybody else has gotten at that position in the NFL. But there's also a way where they don't have to extend them, do they? I mean, can, could the Cowboys just let it roll with Dak Prescott and, and finish out this contract? I, so there are, as I see and understand it, there are three sort of approaches that you can take here. Um, the least preferable for me is what you just said, and I love you, Ward. But uh, you know, <laughs> nothing personal. You know, if, if, if you don't touch anything, he's on the books for sixty million dollars, and that's just not doable. I mean, you can't build a roster around him. And people say things like, "Oh, how much help does he need?" and blah blah blah. At the end of the day, I know we're all mad, and I know we're all frustrated. But at the end of the day, we still want this team to ultimately, hopefully, win the Super Bowl. And so if, you know, you have Dak on the books for $60 million, you really, really, really limit yourself on how you're able to kind of surround him in terms of talent, you know, to go at it this coming season. That's, that's door number one of three. Door number two is you decide to extend him. You believe in him. And, and again, this is all personal preference and kind of how you feel. You believe that he should be, can be the long-term quarterback of this team in 2025 and beyond. So you give him what will probably be the richest contract that anybody has ever gotten in the history of the NFL, probably somewhere around $57 million per year. Um, door number three is somewhat of a compromise of those two ideas. You say, you know what, we're just deep enough into Dak's career. He's going to be 31 when next season starts. It's his ninth season in the NFL. And so we're at a point where we have to kind of evaluate this. So instead of you know extending him, we're going to restructure him. We're going to free up some salary cap space. We're going to kick this can down the road. And, yeah, we might have to eat some dead cap money, you know, in the future if and when Dak is not on this team. But at the very least, we go at it here. It's, you know, it's the last night before everybody's going away to college. We spend this money on players to help us out. And, and if we pull it off, then we deal with the consequences tomorrow. But if we don't, at least we're able, you know, we have a, an escape hatch to get out of in 2025 to rebuild the whole thing from the ground up. I vote for door number three. <laughs> you know, I – I'm a Dak believer, and I know that you know that. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about a dude who was who is the second-team All-Pro quarterback. I mean, so I, I know that the ending was really poor and really frustrating, but I have a hard time, you know, fighting against door number three, specifically because of his age and the other circumstances and variables involved. Because if, if this does go poorly, even if Dak Prescott is a, a, an outstanding quarterback, you know, in 2025 – if it goes poorly, then you're probably moving on from the head coach. And so then you're bringing in, you know, Johnny Newcoach, whoever that winds up being, and you're asking him to take over what will then be a Dak Prescott entering his age 32 season in the NFL and his 10th season. And so that's not fair. I mean, I, I you know, you don't want you, – you want your timelines to be, you know, lined up. You want, you know, generally your head coach and your general manager to be, you know, hired at the same time and everybody's working – kind of in a copacetic sort of nature. And so if you have all them come in with a quarterback who's in his 10th season in the NFL, everybody's off on a left foot. And that just, now you're compromising that era. And, and you know, you're really doing nothing except, you know, kind of swimming in place. And RJ, I, I know you know this, but 
every journalist can't be afraid to sound stupid in order to confirm some information. So let me cross that bridge right now, RJ. Is there any world, is there any market with all these teams that are looking for a new head coach and, and therefore looking for a new quarterback as well? Is there any trade value for Dak Prescott at this point in his career in that contract? I really don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, just being realistic. I mean, because to trade him, you'd have to eat so much money. Right. And yeah, you would benefit from uh, a draft capital standpoint, but you don't have that new head coach, right? Who can even utilize it? I mean, if that's that's the thing. Like by 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 retaining Mike McCarthy, they've already kind of eliminated moving on from Dak Prescott. Like, and that honestly, I mean, that would be kind of dumb and stupid to say, hey, Mike, you know, we're going to have you come back and, and coach for your job, but. We're going we're gonna to have you start yeah, over with Yeah, and that would be a whole other issue, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and so the fact that they've already gone down this path really only allows opportunity for doors number two and three. And so, you know, it, it, a trade is technically within the range of possibilities, <laughs> but you'd have to find the right team. You'd have to obviously eat a lot of dead money. And on top of all those, like, massive ifs that are ifs in their own right, you'd have to have Dak wait his trade or no trade cost. So, I mean, it, you're, you're really swimming upstream in that stuff. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And R.J., Dan Quinn, rumors are still flying around Seattle, wherever he may go. Do you have a gut feeling about Dan Quinn? Is he out or is he back as the D.C. in Dallas? Man, um, I I really think he's coming back. And that's, I mean, that's my own gut um, that, that doesn't have the pulled pork in it yet. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's just how could you convince yourself that you're doing the right thing by hiring him right now? You know, it's unfortunate for him individually that everything went the way it did. And it's unfortunate for everybody. Um, and, and yeah, he has some emotional ties and some history with Seattle, but I mean, if, if you just kind of play the game of musical chairs, I mean, I think we all think that Jim Harbaugh and, and Bill Belichick are taking two jobs or whatever they wind up being. Mike Vrabel's probably taking another. I mean, you're talking about then Dan Quinn has to beat out the likes of Ben Johnson or Bobby Slovak. And it's just, I think it's easier to fall in love with those ideas. And so, I mean, I, I, I wish Dan, you know, health, wealth, and happiness. I want him nowhere near my football team right now. I mean, this defense was so bad over the second half of the season. And, you know, that's where I'm at least, you know, somewhat happy that Mike McCarthy's back because at least the offense maintained its consistency. And so, to, to just come back at all, the definition of insanity quote gets thrown out a lot. But, I mean, to make no, you know, structural changes in terms of foundational elements to your team, it, it really is difficult to ask anybody to get excited for that given everything that happened at the end of the season. And, RJ, uh, just to build off of that, is is that the opinion? I mean, obviously, we, we all know that the defense was going downhill really the whole second half of the season. And with that aside, d- did you – is that an opinion that changed for you over the last week or two that Dan Quinn wasn't going to take a head coaching job? Because even with the defense's struggles, it looked like he was still a hot candidate for a lot of teams. Or has that just been the passage of time here and, and no word on him? Yeah, I I really, you know, I can be a narcissistic person in a lot of ways, but I really don't like to be the, I've been calling this and I've been saying this. Uh, but, but hey, if you were. Said, um, you know, I've been out on Dan Quinn for a little while. And some of that is people have just fallen head over heels in love with him. And, and people have acted like anything good that has happened to the Cowboys last year has been purely Dan Quinn. And, my, and, and he has had all the success in spite of Mike McCarthy. And I just have always thought that that was a little bit silly. But, I mean, I, I'd say, you know, if there was a, a moment where my eyes were opened, if you want to call it that, it was probably the Seattle game, ironically so. 
I mean, they didn't force a single punt, and Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy carried that. And 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 nobody had a, an ill word to say. I write a stock report after every game at our website, and I had a stock down for Dan Quinn. And all these people in the comments were like, what are we doing here? What are, like, dude, he didn't force a single punt. I mean, <laughs> he got absolutely worked and didn't generate turnovers, these things that he's, you know, hailed it for against all the premier teams that the Cowboys went up against, obviously even the ones prior to that Seattle game. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse as the season wore on. They got worked by the Buffalo Bills. They allowed the Dolphins to drive all the way down the field and get the last second game-winning field goal. They completely, totally went coward prevent mode against the Lions and allowed for us to have to talk about the stupid two-point conversion stuff for two weeks. And then they obviously were in no way prepared for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, so... Now people want to act like, oh, well, you know, Leighton Vanderish was hurt and Trayvon Diggs was hurt. And so what can you really expect Dan Quinn to do? We can't give this dude all the flowers when things are going great and then protect him and hide him when, you know, there's there's somebody that has to answer for all the failures. What can the Cowboys do with this defense in the offseason through free agency, through the draft board that can help this defense? I mean, you know, that's kind of what the problem is, is, is they've – built their team through the eyes of Van Quinn. They've gone super small. They love to play nickel and dime. They, you know, they need to, I know you'll love this war. They need to play some, some old school, you know, kind of, you know, Phil Danaher type of football, at least Mm -hmm. prepare for that. I mean, they've, they've got to be ready and willing to stop the run. And, you know, I know that that's, again, it's people, you know, poo poo the idea of drafting things like off ball linebackers and premium draft capital or spending premium money there. But there's a reason the San Francisco 49ers are in the NFC Championship game again. It's because they have Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. You have to find somebody, and you can't make these bets on these, you know. It's it's unfortunate that Leighton Vander Esch, you know, is seemingly, you know, there's an injury around every corner. But you have to deal in reality. You know, we can't all just deal in hopes and wants and wishes. And so you have to make some smarter bets. You have to hedge those bets. You have to have more and more and more and more. And that's where this Dak Prescott decision is going to be really fascinating. How do they generate the salary cap space that they're going to need? Because if they do want to take themselves or they want us to take them seriously this coming season, they're going to have to be spenders in free agency. They're going to have to be attackers in the NFL draft. They're going to have to kind of throw caution to the wind. They can't just devote all their energy to one of these avenues like they've done in the past. It's going to take every sector of team building to make sure that they're ready to hopefully not embarrass themselves next year. And RJ, we know kind of historically the the Showtime reputation that the Cowboys have off the field and on the field, just you know over time. But this doesn't this this next part doesn't happen with other teams, or it hasn't this off season. Why can't the Cowboys players' family members shut up? And how is this going to affect the team as they as they go forward in this uh, maybe a strong word, but tumultuous off season? You know, this is a weird one for me because, I mean, I, I benefit greatly from the – For sure. The <laughs> and, um, and so I, I would offer, and I don't have any proof of this, but I think my, my assumption is that the family members of all these other players for all these other teams are just as loud, but they're not family members of Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, they're – you know, it's not as obvious whenever so-and-so posts this on Facebook and so-and-so does that. I mean, is is it, you know, is it a, a good thing? Absolutely not. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it, it's crazy yeah. that the offseason isn't even 10 days old and we're already having to deal with three different, you know, family members from players, you know, attacking the team, attacking the quarterback, coming at this player, coming at Dak Prescott specifically. But, I mean, that's, you know, 
I know you, you you guys aren't complaining, but this is like complaining about peanuts being sold at the circus. I mean, this is just the, the <laughs> this is the way things go around. RJ Atua blogging the boys with us here in the press box. RJ, Tony Pollard, is he back in the backfield for the Cowboys? I have a really difficult time in seeing that, you know, happening without him taking a massive pay cut. And even if he does, I mean, you're just, you know, it's a young man's game. And, and that's the, the cold reality, the business of the NFL. But um, that's not, a you know, an advocation for, for Deuce Vaughn to be the primary ball carrier of the Cowboys. If they want to throw money at Derrick Henry or whatever the case may be and get everybody all excited about that, fine by me. But I do think you have to move on from Tony Pollard. You have to learn your lesson, and, and you have to let him go somewhere else. And, and obviously, I think we'd all you know be wishing him success, you know, except for if he winds up facing Dallas. And for this offseason outlook, I know the, the offseason's not that old, and, and you're talking about Cowboys family members, which is great fodder, of course, but I know the typical fan is going to say quarterback or coach, but that's off the board, obviously. What is the number one target for the Cowboys personnel-wise here in the offseason? I think it's definitely a linebacker. I mean, there's there's no question. You can you can convince yourself that things are going to work out in the secondary. Um, even if Stephon Gilmore isn't back, Trayvon Diggs will be. From a pass rushing standpoint, I know you know the chatter about Micah fading the seasons go on is only going to grow based on the way this past season ended. But um, you're still set there, nevertheless. You you really need some help in the middle of that defense because you kind of have nobody right now. And so linebacker is the first, second, and third needs as far as I'm concerned. When you look at the offensive line, at what point do you have to get to the reality of, okay, we've got to shore up this offensive line. As decent as it's been, the depth is still a huge question mark for this offensive line. When do they address that? I mean, obviously I think that they're going to have to make a decision on Tyron Smith. And, you know, it's uncomfortable to deal in these, you know, kind of shaky realities. But I think based on the way that, I think they have to go about the season, which is, again, from a, a, an all-in sort of approach. I think you kind of have to bring Tyron back. It's just you cannot fix left tackle and all these other things in one fell swoop. So you kind of have to hope, you know, when, when you're going to be, you know, this risky, you, you are kind of, you know, jumping out without a, with, with one parachute, without the emergency one. And so you, you just have to hope it goes off. And, and so you have to hope that you can bring Tyron back. He can be a part of the fold. He can be part of the mix. And you can use those premium assets that you have elsewhere because you don't need a new problem. You, and you have to hope that you get everything you got last year, which is a really ridiculous thing to hope, but that's just kind of where you're at. You have to hope you get everything you got last year plus anything you can add. You've got the cake. At least you think you do. You, now you got to go get the icing and the sprinkles and everything on top of it. I know we're a long way from the draft, but we now know where the where the Cowboys are picking in this draft now that they're out of the playoffs. Is there anyone that you've seen on any of these mock drafts that might be some good players that might slip to the Cowboys at 24? I think it's still a little too early to be able to, you know, feel that out, but I do think it's telling that, you know, at this moment all the top draft experts, which I'm not, um, have the Cowboys going offensive tackle, which suggests that their initial assumption is that Tyron Smith will walk. And that makes, you know, kind of doing this whole thing all the more difficult than it already is. But, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to land a premium player at 24, but the Cowboys are known for, you know, landing their first-round draft picks. And so it's fair to trust Will McClay there. But but after that, it's kind of a crap because they're horrible in the second round. And I know you got to wait till after free agency is right, once that starts too, to kind of see what they're looking at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we think we know, you know, holes on the roster and things like that, but they could surprise us. They could make a trade. They could do this, that, or the other. 
and all of a sudden something that was a weakness is a strength or vice versa. Um, it's the first step of team building, obviously. RJ, I know that the big question mark, or not really a big question mark, but a lot of the talking points is Dak Prescott the guy to get them past the home. But there's another two guys in that room that you have to ask yourself about in this offseason as well, don't you, with Trey Lance and Cooper Rush. Is Trey Lance trade bait for the Cowboys, or is he the true backup? Is Cooper Rush somewhere that he could go? You might could get something for him in the offseason. I, I don't think that either one of those are going to be a three-room quarterback next season because of the fact that you might could utilize them to get something else you might need. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cooper Rush, we're all grateful for the five games in 2022, but, you know, it just might be time to move on. I do think that Trey is probably QB2. I think he probably benefits from the entire offseason program. The Cowboys do hold his rights for the final year of his rookie contract. They do technically have to decide if they want to pick up his fifth-year option this offseason. I, I would expect that they won't do that just because they're obviously going to have to figure out the Dak Prescott situation, and that's going to be expensive in and of itself. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, you also can't, you know, they don't have a fourth-round pick because they, they thought they were cute and traded for Trey Lance, and so they're down that asset, that resource this offseason. And so you kind of – you don't have to stick with him on that, but, you know, you, you really – again, you've got, you've got a plan for the best-case scenario. And the best-case scenario, in 2024 at least, is that Dak Prescott is your starting quarterback. And so uh, whether it's Cooper Rush, it's Trey Lance, it's Ward White, whatever the case may be, we're hoping <laughs> for, for some, some positive things in every way, shape, or form. R.J. Achilla blogging the boys with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. R.J., enjoy the pulled pork, and we appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. We'll chat next week. All right, there he goes, R.J. Achilla. He's the best. He's great. He's absolutely and he best. Is, and he's a little humble. He's on top of this. No, yeah, he's. He's, he's, <laughs> he's humbling it a little bit, but he's already uh, into that planning offseason mode like he's the GM himself. Yeah, it, why they do such great sports? Does an outstanding job. Always like to hear his insight because he's on top of it, and yeah. he, he, you know, he knows this team inside and out. And and I think he's right. Dan Quinn, the shine has probably wore off him. Cowboys are probably just going to have to sit back and say, okay, now what do we do? We've got to fix this defense, and the answer is not standing in the press box. Yeah, we've got to get some personnel on the field, and that is a fascinating decision that that Jerry's going to have to make during, and obviously the coaching staff too, of, you know, it's obviously nobody was excited to see them run it back with Mike McCarthy, but what will that do to the fans' temperature in the room if Dan Quinn is now gone? I think there are some who aren't paying attention very much that will say, you know, this guy was supposed to be a head coach, and and now you're not even going to keep him as your coordinator, and then there's going to be those of us who have watched in the room saying, okay, we didn't get the chance to reset when you brought Mike McCarthy back. Here's a chance to reset half or a third of your team that was the the downside the last half of the season. So I'm interested to see that, um, to see the way that turns because it, obviously conventional wisdom is saying, well, if the guy's good enough to get head coaching interviews, why wouldn't you bring him back? But you look at those numbers and how they dipped the last half of the season, it's tough to ignore, especially after that that Packers game too. Well, and, and and I throw this out there as well, and I'm not defending Dan Quinn, but we all know that there was a monumental amount of injuries on this defense that didn't make things a whole lot easier. Now, the way he called the defense the last couple of games, was that induced because of injury and he had no choice but to call that and try to be safe? Or was he 
being too cautious, in my opinion, is I think he was hamstringed a little bit, but I also think they look to be playing a little bit scared on their heels and not attacking the line of scrimmage, and that was disappointing. Yeah, and the thing we were talking about that Monday after the Packer game was the identity of this defense, right? It was just not the same. The zone and not getting to the quarterback. And a lot of that really reared its ugly head only in that Green Bay game. Mm -hmm. You know, to where I was thinking, yeah, they've had injuries, but they've had them for a couple of weeks. And why why now? Why is is this happening now in the most important game of the season? Um, And I'll say, too, because I do agree, they had some injuries and they didn't have a true linebacking core past week three of the season or whatever it was. And... So then I wonder, you know, we we hold Mike McCarthy accountable as the coach and also the the offensive play caller mm-hmm. when he can't win playoff games. So it wasn't always the offense's problem, right? But we hold them accountable. Dan Quinn hasn't won the playoff games either. You know, he's got the same record. Uh, you know, we don't attach a record to a defensive coordinator, but he's got the same record that Mike McCarthy does. And so is it is it injuries? Maybe there's some of that there, but... The problem is that I, I don't know that they're getting back to or to where they want to be in the conference championship game with this coaching staff, and that very much includes Dan Quinn. I agree, hundred percent. You know, and, it's and, just and, a way to think about staying it. in the zone. I mean, is Love that good a quarterback against man to man that you are scared to run man to man against him? I I've got a young quarterback back there. I'm I'm going to do all kinds of twists and turns up front, try to get in his kitchen, get him off schedule. And I'm going to run man-to-man against him and take my chances and say, hey, fit it in this window. I dare you. Because he was finding wide-open guys because the zone was breaking down and they were just slipping guys in the soft zone. That's easy for a guy with that much talent. And at least disguise some coverages. Jeez, I mean, there wasn't enough of that in that game. And especially for a team that can get after the quarterback. You know this as a coach. Like, how advantageous is it when you're able to switch up coverages and then blitz the heck out of him. You right. know, that, that's... And that's what I mean. Get him off schedule. Right. Get him on yes. his skates a little bit. Make him get outside the pocket. You, you've got to... Look, I, I'm going to rattle you until you prove I can't. Then if you prove that, then maybe I get back on my heels and say, okay, he's picking us apart man to man. He's getting out of the pocket. He's using his legs. I got to do something different because we're just running past the quarterback. They didn't even try to do that. Right. And, and I know there are people saying, well, this is just one game. It's but, the one that counted. Right. It's the most important one of the season. And when we're going to hold the quarterback to that standard as well, and, and some chances and some opportunities the head coach as well, then we're going to hold the defensive coordinator to that too. It's going to be a, only fair. going to be <laughs> a wild all season for the Cowboys and mm-hmm. in, in what direction Jerry Jones goes and what he can do with. Busts out that wallet a little bit. Yeah. March. I mean, we'll I. I think this is a perfect year. I know where you're at in the draft, 24. That's That doesn't excite me. I, I And I don't know how you trade up no. and, and what you would want to trade up for in this draft. So do something that you've never really done. Eat up free agency. Go out there and cash. be aggressive in free agency and help this defense. Go get a running back. Get a little bit of depth on the offensive line and just say, hey, here's where we're going to build it. We got a small window that's rapidly closing, and we need some veterans in here that can push us over the top. I'm interested to see this Jordan Lewis one. Mm -hmm. Unrestricted free agent, 28 years old, still probably should be in his prime, at least at the tail end of it. I thought had a pretty good season. 
we'll see, four and a half million dollar hit last year. Whew. All right. Thanks to RJ Ochoa joining us here in the press box. We'll take the break. Come back. Put a bow on this one on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The 13th-ranked Baylor women back in action Sunday in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 1 p.m. tip-off Sunday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. I'm Amy Hunter, owner of Jeff Hunter Toyota. As you know, there's a lot of road construction in front of our dealership. Improvements are being made every day. And new Toyotas are arriving every day. All kinds of makes and models with new and exciting features. The Toyota brand is a leader in the automotive world in both popularity and reliability. Stop by and let us prove it to you. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco values. Hey, it's Matt Mosley. You can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder or like my neck, for instance. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. It's very important. If this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254 254- Four one five four one zero zero. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. Steve Maya, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Maya have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Maya at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. 
Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up, J-Mo, followed by the Matt Mosley Show till 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas. How about Mosley opening his show with some Boston Celtics talk yesterday? Yeah, how about that? Or something like that, anyway. <laughs> oh, fine, make... they were playing the Mavericks, whatever. <laughs> That's why I texted him. I said, I wish I could open my show, a little Celtics breakdown. Yeah. One of these days, who knows? <laughs> we could Probably do that. not. <laughs> we could do that as we get closer. It, it's just so hard to deep dive into the NBA this time of year. Because of, you, you just you just don't know right now. I mean, you kind of have an idea who the players are. But didn't you really, in the NBA, yeah. have that idea coming out of training camp? Yeah. And it's not going to change a whole lot in the NBA. The only thing that gets really intriguing is, which it will happen in a couple of weeks, is the, uh, the trade deadline. Yes. Because the NBA is just so wild. They have the best offseason because... They're so, oftentimes it just doesn't make sense. That's true. In an exciting way. like It's like a wildfire. You, you don't know what direction it's going to go. Is the wind blowing this way today or is the wind blowing that way today? And the NBA is more chaotic than any other league when That's it comes point. to the off season and it comes to the trade deadline. Because we're going to look up and there's going to be some trades made in a couple of weeks that you go, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. How did that happen? And I swear, there are like five or six teams that their GM or they're just run by sports talk radio callers. Well, what if <laughs> what if we got this guy and put him with these two guys? You 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 know what? I'm in. Let's do it. The numbers don't match up at all. You're gonna be way over the luxury tax, and they probably can't play together. But they're all good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. Like, I swear, there's like five teams that just do that every year and they never win you know sometimes they're good but that's what i mean by the nba it's just all those crazy scenarios you dream up in in football and baseball they actually do in the nba <laughs> so yeah that's where you can pay attention ward is and i what two weeks from now i want to say somewhere around there is I when that trade right. deadline yeah. is so that's that's when you can key in and then you can get back into it in late April. Well, a huge example of how bizarre the NBA is for me is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, have a coach that's 30 and 13. 30 and 13. Eh, that's not good enough. Done. Ousted. Get out of here. And we're going to go get a retread in Rivers. I, I Great for the teams going against them, I'll say that. I, I'm, I'm telling you. If this thing takes a nosedive, which it very well could in my mind with Rivers, yeah, 
if it takes a nosedive, how stupid is this front office going to look after you just ran a guy off who was 30 and 13? 30. He's won 30 games. What what do you want from this guy? It, you want to be undefeated in the NBA? That yeah. ain't going to happen. That's the craziest part about this, too, is like, this is season one. He's halfway through his first season. You just had this uh, this massive change in the offseason. You got rid of Drew Holiday, brought in Damian Lillard, who's a first bout Hall of Famer, and you had to replace a bunch of your role guys because of the salary, and then you give the guy half the season? <laughs> and it hasn't even started yet. And to your point, they're three games back of first place in the East. And I was screaming at the TV because the these national guys on the scream shows just don't know what they're talking about. They're talking about how the defense for Milwaukee has fallen off a cliff. Well, yeah, you traded one of the top five defensive guards in the league in Drew Holiday for one of the bottom five defensive guards in the league yes. in, in Damon Lillard. And you're surprised that the defenses went out. The offensive efficiency has obviously went way right. up. That's what was going to happen. It's- the GM it has to be like the Tim Robinson in the hot dog suit in that meme <laughs> where he's like, we're all trying to find out who did this. It must have been the coach. That's why our defense stinks. That's a great point, Aaron, because that's what everyone keeps pointing out. I'm like, that is exactly it. You traded maybe the best defensive guard for arguably one of the worst in the league. Like, that's, that's the and risk you took. And you expect you it to stay the same. Yes. And by the way, you left him out there for your biggest competition in the East to go and get that guard. You knew that was a possibility, and that's exactly what happened. And you're only three games behind those guys. I just, I, I don't get it. it. It absolutely blew me away. I just Doc Rivers, man. 30 and 13. Nope, that's not enough. We, we're moving on, and we go get... Rivers, that guy who's blown the most three-one leads in the history of the in league. In the history of the league, in the history of the league, uh, God love that's them, who you're going to go oof. with. Mavs on the court tonight, taking on the Suns at the AAC 7:30 tip-off on ABC. So we'll talk a little Mavs coming up tomorrow Ooh. as well. Thanks for RJ Achua joining us here on the press box. Also, Jeff Wilson for joining us a little bit earlier, talking Rangers and Beltray into the Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. J-Mo's next, followed by the Matt Mosley Show, all right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cameron and Aaron, I'm Ward White. So until next time, so long, everybody. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. The savings continue with the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Right now, get a 2023 Ram 1500 Laramie Crew Cab four-wheel drive with 15000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Or a 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab four-wheel drive with 12000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Plus, a special discount for first responders only at Allen Samuels. Come by. Let's be friends. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive through on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. 
Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction, we strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Raise your hand if you're a Secretariat fan. At UBO Business Services, Secretariat is our inspiration. Secretariat gave it his finest performance in the 1973 Belmont Stakes. He completed the race in a record.